Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to encourage and inspire you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Kiracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America and International, author and traveler on this journey of faith. You probably know by now that I always ask my guests, what woman of the Bible has inspired, encouraged, or taught her something? But what about you? I'd love to hear what woman of the Bible has helped you in your walk of faith. Email me at hergodstory at somebodycares.org and tell me why. I just might read it in a future episode to encourage others who are listening. So remember, email me at hergodstory at somebodycares.org. You know, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 in the New Living Translation tells us, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 is similar. It says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. My guest, Renee Hall, is all about making the most of every opportunity that the Lord brings her. She has combined extensive volunteer work with a full-time career, which included owning her own business while raising two successful sons and managing an active family and community life. She considers herself a lifelong learner and disciple of Jesus who's always open to new experiences and relationships, for this is where she truly sees the face and truth of God. Whether working in the marketplace, serving the homeless, caring for family members, or circulating in society circles, Renee looks for open doors to share God's love in both word and deed. God has brought her healing, and she overflows with gratitude for his goodness. I know you will love her as much as I do. Welcome, Renee. Thank you, Jody. Thank you. Renee, like many people, you experienced some challenges in your younger years, but you also knew God was with you in the midst of it. Share how you knew that and, and the experience you had when you put your faith in Christ. Jody, I am so excited to talk to you today about Jesus because it is my favorite thing to talk about. Um, I experienced the divine at a very young age. My life has been full of so many blessings, uh, difficulties as well, but I was aware of Jesus as a very young girl. I came to faith in Christ at about eight to nine years old. It was such a powerful moment for me. I think everyone in the church was a little bit afraid. The pastor, my mother, I was weeping uncontrollably. I just had such an overwhelming sense of God's love and my need. While, while not fully understanding this, um, it, it was so exciting to me. And uh, I had my mom there to help me and kind of explain and my pastor there to help me to explain. And they were just holding my hands and saying, this is God, this is okay. And um, uh, it, it was quite a powerful thing. So you grew up in an era when people didn't really talk openly about their problems or their feelings. You just put on a happy face and carried on. Having to have that facade of perfection really takes a toll on people. What was your experience growing up in that era? Uh, how did it affect you and even your relationship with the Lord? You know, Jody, you're right. That time, my parents were very smart, hardworking, successful people in business and community. Um, we worked very hard as a family just to be really good and look right. And, um, you know, it was, it was important to do the right thing at all times. And I love that I was brought up that way. Uh, but we leaned into ourselves a lot. And, and, you know, when troubles came, which they did, there were a lot of obstacles in our home that my parents dealt with. We didn't really speak openly about it. We just tried to kind of cover things up and put on a good, brave face always. That was hard for me. I, I kind of knew troubles and experienced some trauma even in our home a little bit that, you know, my parents had, had difficulties that they were trying to overcome themselves. And we didn't really call upon Jesus. I mean, we, we went to church. We did the right things, but we, we didn't really have, have the spirit of the living God to know closely, to, to lean on. So kind of some things took root in me. 
a spirit of fear began to take root in me because I think when you uh, have one reality and then you go out and act as if you have another reality, that caused me trouble inside. So a spirit of fear began to to kind of take root in me. And I, I didn't quite know um, what that was or even what I was dealing with at the time and didn't know until later. That's That's kind of where some of those issues began. Again, we went to church, we served the community, we worked all hard. I was a great student. You know, we did all those things. And yet there was still lack. So as a teenager and a young adult, you acknowledge God. You did the right things. You you uh, were living a good life, like you said, but you were living life on your own terms. So give us a glimpse of what your life was like during that time. I was very active. Again, a great student, a cheerleader, a band member. You know, we, we had a wonderful life. I mean, I grew up in a small community and, and had so many wonderful friends and and school friends, church friends. I, I, I thought everything was great, to be honest. And, and, you know, and, and it, and it was in many, many ways. Um, I, I think I always kind of was looking for something deep in it with God. I know that now. When I was in high school, I went on a, a wonderful beach trip with a friend, ended up coming back with a bacterial infection that landed me in the hospital I mean, near, really near death. I had uh, a divine experience then. I left my body, I guess my spirit now, I don't know, it's very hard to describe to people, but I was up high looking down on my body in the hospital with my mother who was crying. At the time, I had no knowledge of the natural. It was like, why is my mom crying? This is crazy. Um, and, and, you know, so there was that. And then I remember I did recover and I went on, I, I got well, went to cheerleading camp and, and I told mom about this and she was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, this was crazy. You know, those are the kind of things that really stuck with me throughout my life. Like I, you don't forget that. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. So um, trying to kind of un- understand what that kind of experience is just was always in me. And, um, never always knowing something in me, which I think was the Lord, knowing there was more, there was just more to experience with him. Um, again, I did it my way, Jody. I did all the right things, but I, I did what I wanted. And then I said, God, will you bless this? <laughs> you know? And um, I think that's how a lot of people are in their relationship with the Lord. I mean, it's not how God wants us to be. He wants to lead us and direct us every step of the way. But so many of us, particularly when we first come to know the Lord, it's like, hey, now I've got you on my side rather than us realizing we're on God's side. <laughs> totally. Um, that's taken a long time to develop in me. And uh, praise God, we have a patient, a patient Lord. <laughs> but, Amen. Amen. <laughs> I then graduated high school and um, I got the opportunity to go to Baylor University. So amazing. Oh, my goodness. This was just a, a dream for me and had such a beautiful experience there. Friends that are lifelong friends that I'm still with. Women in my sorority that I still pray with today. I mean, we, we may not have talked through life during seasons of, you know, motherhood and, and jobs, but so many of us have reconnected and we, we kind of have a regular prayer group now, which is amazing. And just sisters, you can lifelong sisters who, you know, we knew each other then and, and we always say we're so grateful we didn't know what was going to happen between then and now. But I, I had an amazing time there. So wonderful. Again, living life on my terms. I just want to really acknowledge that. I mean, going to church, doing and saying the right things, but really, really not. The, God was not the Lord of my life. I, I did it my way. Um, shortly after graduating, uh, I married a young man from Baylor who was um, all the right things. Great, great family. Started a family, uh, had a beautiful son. I couldn't have been more blessed. And life got extremely hard. Yeah, so from the outside, you'd think that your life was really pretty sweet. Handsome husband, healthy son, you moved to Dallas, 
involved in your church, but trouble was brewing that really rocked your world. Share about that and how looking back, you saw God really carrying you through it because it was a tumultuous time. It really was. Um, the relationship was hard. Marriage was hard. I was not particularly well-equipped with uh, maturity and and uh, even some of the things I had experienced in my home. The truth of the matter is I was so broken inside. You can't be a broken person inside and be and give to a marriage and a family all that is needed. Um, but I didn't know that then. So I was quick to blame outside. Instead of looking within, I, I didn't have that capability yet. So you know, you began to say, the problem is this, the problem is you, the problem is this. That was very um, easy for me to do. My marriage ended in a, a, a divorce, which was just not what I expected for my life at all. Shortly after that, my parents ended up divorcing, which again, just, I felt that my whole world was crumbling around me. And it, it just, this couldn't happen to me, Jody. That's kind of my thinking. This just was not supposed to be. I'm the success story. I'm not the failure. You know, I, I know I can fix this, this attitude of how do, what do I do? How do, how do I manage? How do I overcome? I couldn't. I mean, it, it was, again, I would say then, uh, the spirit of fear that I spoke about earlier, that began to take a deeper root in me. Um, anxiety. I experienced anxiety. I experienced some panic attacks. And, and I think it was my need for control. It was just spinning out of control in my life. And I wanted to control everything. And I did the best I could. And then, and then uh, that I was unable to. Yeah. So not long after that, you met and you married the wonderful man who's your husband now, but things still didn't seem quite right. I mean, you might have thought, I've finally gotten control of it, but they weren't quite right still. Explain, explain that, because so many of us can think just the right husband, just having kids, just getting the right house, just getting the right job, that'll solve everything, but it didn't. That's exactly how I thought. Um if I could look good enough, if I could have the perfect home, if I could have the perfect family, if I could go to the right church, if I could have the right friends, if I had the right social circle, um, you know, all of those things, those lies that, that we tell ourselves, um, yes, I got a, a chance for a new marriage, um, another beautiful son. So my family, I had that, that was growing. Um, but I will tell you, trouble began to come. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, no, surely not again. I mean, it had to be, it had to be the other person, not me. But then I, I had to look at myself and realize that the troubles in life I was having, that I was the common dom denominator. And what was I believing about myself? What, what was I believing about others? What was my belief system? What did I believe about God? And that was really challenging. Again, took my kids were in Christian school. I, I just, if I could be good enough, it was getting worse and worse inside me. How were you coping with all that? Big glass of wine at night. <laughs> I, mean, I was putting on a good face during the day and then, you know, coping with, you know, trying to keep the dark side of me from everyone else. Uh, God bless my children. They saw the dark side of me. My husband saw the dark side of me. Uh, but, you know, um, no, we, we, you know, again, I, this is, I can we just press on. And so there we were just, um, you know, again, a lot of good, but just not, not the best. Not happy, not fulfilled, not no feeling like no you should be on the top of the world. So what happened to change all that? Well, I became very ill. I started out a little sick, and then before I knew it, I was just full-blown into some kind of illness I really had a hard time getting a diagnosis for. Um, you know, one thing I did, went to the doctor here and there, and they would say, well, you're stressed out. You're, you know, I was losing weight like crazy, not eating. Uh, you're just stressed. You know, I was a working mom. I mean, life, as, as we all can relate to, you know, life is stressful. But... Um, 
there was something far greater going on in my life. And um, I just became more and more ill, got a diagnosis at one point of Crohn's disease. It got much worse, organs failing, uh, in and out of the hospital. Uh, just, you know, at one point we thought I had a rare form of cancer. Uh, so I was really suffering then, not in my body. I mean, just suffering in my mind and spirit, but before, but in my body, my body was just, I really think I was dying. I mean, I, I do, I, I really, really do believe that I, I was very close to, um, and again, just, I don't know, it's easy for me to say now, but I began to experience the divine again. I ended up in a, a, a week or two in the hospital and I had this another divine experience where I woke up, my, my precious mom was sitting in the room with me as she was most of the time praying. I said, mom, where's the man that was in here? Of course, I could barely speak, but she said, honey, what are you talking about? And I said, well, there was a man at the foot of my bed and I saw him and he was so real and I just could see him and I I knew he was for me and there to help me. I assumed maybe he was a doctor. And I said, mom, he's not left me. He's been standing at the foot of the bed. And she said, well, honey, there's no one here. Shortly after that, a man came to take me into a surgery room. And this man um, had a surgical cap on with the fish sign on it, the, the, the old, the ancient Christian symbol. He began to, to wheel me into the surgical room. And my mom again was with me. And he had the most beautiful kind eyes and kind of darker skin, I would say Hispanic or Middle Eastern. And, and I just looked at him and I was so weak at the time. And I said, I'm so afraid. And he leaned down beside me and he said, fear not, you will be well. Mm. I, I told my mom, he said this and she was there. She, she saw the man. So I went through the process, got back to my room. And I guess it was like late, later that day. And I said, mom, I would love to see this man again. And my mom asked, and I asked the, the care, the nurses and doctors. And they said, well, we have no one here by that description. And so we still don't know who this man was. Um, but these kinds of things were letting me know that God was with me. Wow. That hope was with me. And I, again, I, I, I couldn't make sense of this, nor do I today. I just share it because it was my experience and my mom was there. She still, we still say, who was the man? I mean, who said, fear not, you will be well. Well, he was right. I did. I was, I was healed. <laughs> yeah. But shortly after that, I was at home and I, I'm just amazed at the boldness of Christian friends. I had a friend who uh, reached out, called me. I was not seeing anyone socially. My friends hadn't seen me in a year. And she called one day and she said, Renee, I'd like to come and pray with you. Bring my husband. And we would like to bring a couple who believes in healing prayer. Well, I didn't know anything about this. It was not my tradition of faith that, that, that practiced this. And um, I mean, I knew from the Bible, but really, Jody, I guess I still looked at these things as that was the Bible then. Mm -hmm. I'm in a different time now. I know differently now, but um, I, I said, yes, you know, I, I began to call the people that I knew in my family. I said, should I do this? I'm scared. I don't know if someone should lay hands on me. And, uh, you know, my husband said, Renee, we're desperate. We're desperate. We'll, we'll, we'll anything, you know? So they came again, these faithful people of God came to my home, prayed over me, laid hands on me. We put the Bible out. I said, don't do anything that's not in this Bible. And they showed me and it was so beautiful. After that, it was my turning point for healing. And I, I didn't get up miraculously well, but I was different. I knew it. The people in the room knew it. They, several said, my eyes had a darkness about them and a sickness 
actually had death in my eyes. And after the prayer, they said my eyes had a, a light. And my thought, and that was the turning point. And I really believe that I had a divine touch. And again, I just, the, the part that really stuck with me over the years was just the boldness of my Christian sister who said, let, w- will you let me come and do this? And, and my hesitancy about it. So that really has stuck with me. In that time also, because of those encounters with the Lord, you started realizing that you weren't as afraid about your future either. I think when I began to heal, I had such a a hunger for God. You know, once you've had a touch from the Lord and, and then his presence makes you, makes you different, makes you new. And, and I wanted to know about this Jesus. I wanted to know what, what these people who had prayed for me, what they read in the scriptures, what they knew that I didn't know. And, um, I, I, sat up one night. Um, I, I was still ill. It, it, it took me a while to heal, but, um, I woke up one night, um, in the middle of the night, I, I sat in a chair, I flipped on the TV. I still was fairly ill. And Joel Osteen said, don't give up, don't give up. And that just began to take root in me. I just started to yearn for Jesus and yearn for the spirit. I believe I met the Holy spirit then and he became my healer, my guide, my teacher, my friend, my companion. At some time in this time, I, well, I guess it's once I had a little bit more strength, I, I did a Beth Moore Bible study uh, called Breaking Free. And I had no idea that I was a captive. I mean, I remember reading this stuff and just going, I'm a captive. Why didn't somebody tell me this? Like, it was just so, I, I mean, I sounds... It, it was a light bulb for me. And, you know, I want to, I want to say this had always been there. You know, Jesus, he, he is, he was, he will be. This had always been there in front of me. I think the point I, I want to make is that I had to receive it. I had to open myself up I had to get out of my way, Jody, and I had to receive Jesus. I I had to say a yes to him, everything about him. And um and and that's what happened as a result of that terrible suffering. Um but I I began to just love the scriptures, love worship, just feed myself on all of that. And yeah, so it really was making you into a new person. Totally. Um, I feel like, and yeah, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Share. Just, just a new person. I, I, I think of it this way. I think God showed me my will and, and his will and showed me I couldn't have both. And, and he just, he replaced my will with his will. Yeah, that is so good. So you went through the Bible study and and you really met the Holy Spirit and then several years later you had you had a few years to recover and and grow and and grow in the Lord but then several years later your husband was transferred from Dallas up to Toronto and you just embraced it as a great adventure you were excited and God had some amazing lessons there for you and great opportunities share about those because they're you know, you come from a, a a very hard struggle in your life to opportunities to really share about Jesus. Yes, I think that's the point is that he made me new and he restored me and healed me. And then he basically said, get up and go. Let's do this. And I, yes, I, I, I did begin to lose my spirit of fear. Although I will say, I, I jokingly tell my friends all the time, basically everything I've done in my life, I've done a little bit afraid, but I've done it anyway. So Toronto was amazing. I, I had, um, you know, never lived anywhere but Texas and then um, go to Toronto. Wonderful opportunity for my husband. He, he had great business opportunity there. We lived downtown. I found it church that I adored and they were doing some really beautiful hands-on ministry with homeless people, a a ministry called out of the cold. And, and of course the Toronto winters are brutal 
and uh, there's so much need for so many people. And, and so I would, I would serve there and, and it was just something I had never experienced before. Feeding, clothing, washing feet, just a true ministry of Jesus. And, and, it, and it just excited me. I, I kind of thought, this is what I was meant to do. Like, this is it. Um, also, I met amazing women who had lived all over the world, who were there. Um, their husbands were doing work, uh, business there as well or uh, even ambassadors' wives, and, and it was called our International Women's Club. Um, we, we met for, to, to, to foster friendships, to learn. Um, you know, there was academic learning. There was cultural learning. There was, um, we, we looked all over, went all over the city of Toronto and, and learned about, about the city. These women were so different and 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 special in their own ways and i got to hear these stories of their lives living in all kinds of countries and and experiences so that was just a huge education for me i did uh at one time think i was better with the ministry for out of the cold but then uh one evening as i sat in my house watching the snow the lord showed me that there was great need for him on both sides. Maybe the one need was so evident to me, but just like the women who were just like me had such a need for him. And they might have had a brokenness inside as I had experienced that you couldn't see from the external. I began to just um, have so many special friendships there. And, and just at times it was hard because I would see great success and, and people living in that way and then such dire need and brokenness and, you know, interesting to, to, to kind of be in both of those worlds. Yeah, it's a real dichotomy and you struggle with it. You know, how did you, what did the Lord speak to you about that? I mean, you shared a little bit, but, you know, you're, you're dealing with the homeless and then, and then people who have much more than they may need. I did struggle with it. I got a bit judgmental again, uh, which I've kind of always had, you know, uh, I, I've always wondered why I go into this judgment, but I kind of learned, I, I did that with myself always. It's one of the reasons I suffered so much in my life because I was a, a very harsh judge on myself, which then made me a harsh judge on others. So I was quick to judge and kind of like in my mind, with my limited knowledge, kind of parse out, well, you're deserving, you're not, that sort of thing. Well, we know that's not how our Lord works. He's the Lord of all and, and so longs to, 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 to be in life with all of us, be our provision, be our, our, all that we need. I think I identify with both groups greatly. I can remember one time coming out of a store and just like seeing someone on the street with like a, a bottle and a wrapper and, and, uh, kind of feeling a little irritated about it and, and, the, and, and God placing on my heart that I was really, you know, even my like expensive wine in a, in a glass in a nice place was kind of the same thing, just coping without God. I don't know. It's, these things are very, they're still very challenging for me. Uh, we're in cities a lot and you get a real view of the, the difference. Now, you know, to God, he sees us all. He sees the heart. He sees us all the same. Oh, if we could do that, you know, that's, that's the goal. We, we want to see, we want to not see by the outer package, but, but see one another as God sees us. But you know, your experiences and your background gave you really a unique opportunity to share Jesus and, and the difference he makes with a lot of these women who on the outside didn't also look like they had any need. But you were able to see past that because you knew you were once them. I was. It's a little bit harder, in my opinion, because for me, as long as I could have my, own, my self-reliance, that was enough. I liked that, you know? Um, so 
I, I feel like I'm one of the most blessed ones because I couldn't do it any other way, but with Jesus, you know, I, I think I, I, you know, my, my broken spirit, my, my, my broken body, I could not do it my way any longer. That was the gift he gave me. My way was over and I picked him up and his way. And, and that was then my path to freedom. And I know that I, I, I think it is obvious to me now, more obvious uh, because of my own struggles when I am with women, you know, and, and I still, to, one of the pursuits of my life is just being with women and sharing and talking honestly about Jesus and praying together and laying our, our you know, humbling ourselves and, and let's just be able to take up that freedom in Christ and, and lay down every, everything that you know, in, in hindrance. That passion to share Christ in every setting really has only grown in you. Tell just a story or two of some unlikely doors God has opened for you to share your faith. Oh, it's just, it's so wonderful. Um, it's the joy of my life because that's what I want to talk. I want to talk about the good news. So um, unfortunately for many people on the street, they may try to get away from <laughs> Sometimes, but God has opened amazing doors in that respect. Um, one thing I believe uh, God has has helped me know how to listen better to people. Um, I think that that listening to people's stories um, just teaches me so much and and shows me their heart. And and uh, if you can be a good listener, um, but I have had some encounters. One in particular, a woman in Toronto. We were in a, a a museum outing, and uh, it happened to be the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I was, I guess, showing exuberance over these Dead Sea Scrolls. And she came up to me and said she had not ever lived in Toronto or North America. And she said, "Are you a Christian?" And I said, "Yes." And um, she said, "I have really been wanting to talk with you." We, she was an acquaintance, of, a friend in the group, but. I was just overjoyed and, and we began to talk and I said, do you want to come to my house for coffee? And she did. And, and we got to have the conversations about God and faith and the good news and the gospel. And, and, and that, that is just incredible to me. And even just in the last few weeks, I was in New York and, and just in a store and a man asked me if, if I was a pastor, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, sorry, but um but just got to listen to his story and then share the the gospel message. And um you know, I think that's the thing the Lord wants us to be ready to give an account for our hope, the hope in us. And I think that all of us have that in our world if if we just listen, you know, just uh and then and then I have prayed for boldness because you know, I've probably had many more opportunities where I didn't say a word because I had a lack of courage or boldness. So that that's something I have to pray for. Yeah. And that's what the disciples, they prayed for boldness. I mean, in Acts, you know, they were all in the upper room and they were praying or, you know, after even after the Holy Spirit came, they were praying for boldness to share the Lord. So even they were fearful. Yes. So if they need yeah. to pray for boldness, how much more do we need to pray for boldness? Yes. Exactly. Um, just in our walk with Jesus, I, I love that he shows us what we need. And then he says, ask, 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 and you will receive it. Yeah. And um, I, I truly do believe this. I, I think every day he shows us what we're going to need for the opportunities of the day. You know, really, his mercies are so new every day. And, and just waking up for me or anyone who has suffered in their bodies or let me say, emotional suffering is wretched. I Panic attacks, depression, anxiety, these things are so brutal. And, and when you have been delivered, then you know what a normal, healthy day feels like again. I can't really take a breath without Jesus. Every day is his day for me. And and I, I don't mean to sound like, I mean, no, I go my own way plenty, but, but I do start my days. God, 
just renew my mind in you. Remind me who I am. Um, I want to know my worth. That is one of my passions, my worth. I, I, I can help other women know their worth if I can know my worth. I think that was a struggle of my life, really knowing where my worth came from. Then being ready to share with others. We love God. We love others and um, serve others. And that is, that is our great joy. I love that just your excitement over the Dead Sea Scrolls opened the door. You know, she's like, oh, this is my opportunity. You know, I think people do if they, if they're looking for opportunity to ask someone who really does believe. I think so. I think, yeah, I I, I know. And just her boldness, you know, how, how easy it would have been for her to just, in fact, she, as we got to know each other, she said, I've not, I've only met a few Christians. Wow. Yeah. I thought I needed to hear that. You know, I came from a place where everyone was a Christian. And yeah. then the Lord <laughs> me out into the world to show me this world is very big and very diverse. And, you know, Jody, one thing he did put in me as well, as I began to heal, I just had such a hunger for the body of Christ. I began to go to the Korean church, to all the charismatic church, to churches where I was the minority, I just loved watching the body of Christ worship and, you know, and learning and, and seeing that expression of faith that can look a lot of different ways. Yeah. The body has all different parts and they all express differently. And so, yeah, it's valuable. It's valuable to see. Turning to something a little more recent, the COVID pandemic, um, the Lord did another work in you during the COVID pandemic. I mean, the Lord did another work in a lot of us during the COVID pandemic because life changed dramatically. Tell us about your experience. Yes. Um, I, you know, COVID for me, it was kind of terrifying at first. I was getting on a plane to London to go see one of my sons and my husband was in California and he called me and said, I don't know if you should go and I'll probably come back to Dallas, our home in Dallas. And, and we'll probably just kind of hunker down there together for a couple of weeks and let this thing blow over. Well, that's not what happened. Um, so there was so much happening in me and I'm such a rule follower and I'm such a, I love information. And so I really tried to follow and do everything right. Like many of us did. And it, it was a scary time at times for me because health issues kind of can, can scare me, uh, always. You you had had some hard ones. Yes. So, so there, what, what I have to watch is that, that I'll start to feel that again, like, oh no, you know that, um, and that's not God. So I was doing all the right things and and being super careful. And and I had a mom who was, was, was older and it was some health issues. My husband did as well. We did what we could. And, um, then we ended up taking a trip to see my husband's mom. This was kind of into it. So we were feeling a little better about things, but my husband had traveled to a conference in Florida, met me in Dallas. We got on a plane to go see his mom in Ohio and I show up, have a dinner with everyone. And the next morning fall ill with COVID. So I'm in a little upper room in my mother-in-law's house. And, you know, I really don't want to be the daughter-in-law that brings COVID to my mother-in-law. So I, um, although the family was all very gracious to me, but, (laughs) and she wasn't as worried about it as I was, but uh, I just hunkered down in my little room and I was pretty ill. I felt pretty sick and, and then dealt with some fear again, Jody, because what I noticed is once I couldn't control things anymore, there, there were some of those feelings that oh no, you know, is God with me? I, I don't understand this. Um, you know, there's kind of a root of a, a lie that I, some, I got somewhere in my life. Like if I do the right things and follow God, my life will go well. And I've had to really, that, that's not what happened. <laughs> um, my life has been amazing and blessed, but it's had tribulation as well. The journey with Jesus is full of both. As I sat in my little upstairs room, 
I just had another epiphany with the Holy Spirit, what I call another divine moment where I just kind of fell to the floor weeping. I could just feel the presence of God. And he began to show me that I had sort of built an altar to COVID. And uh, that was actually the word that came to me. And, and I, and that was totally true. And I, I just needed to dismantle that right away. And explain, explain what you mean by that. I mean, how was, how did you build an altar to COVID? What, what was going on in you? Kind of funny, not a physical altar, obviously, but in my thinking, I think everything that I do like that, it's, it, I build things up in my mind, in my thinking, it will be kind of top of my mind. Whereas I want to renew my mind daily and have the mind of Christ. And so for me, I, I catch myself now because I will, I can tell when uh, the things of the world, of the culture, the problems that I'm dealing with start to take over. They kind of dominate my thoughts mm. and my actions. So your worry about COVID was really dominating how you were living more than maybe what God was saying. Probably so. And obviously having, you know, wisdom is important and, and taking care is important and taking and keeping ourselves healthy and well is important. So some of the things were fine, yeah. but I'm going a bit overboard and, you know, that's kind of how I did. It's kind of my personality. Like, you know, I, if, if a little is okay, then let's do a lot, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I didn't know that. That was an epiphany from God. I, I didn't see that in myself until he had said, and, and then it became a confessional, Jody. I, I just began to humble. I think that's what COVID did for me all that time alone. It, it, you know, time in the word, time in worship. Thank God for technology. I'm not a technology person, but thank God for technology because we could connect with family. We could connect with church. We could, oh my goodness, the technology at that time was a lifeline. It really was. Yeah. And just for me, um, yeah, just seeing that I, I needed to find my freedom. COVID couldn't take my freedom. You know, we, he sets us free and we're free. And again, we use, we use the wisdom. We use the knowledge. I love information. I, I love to learn, but sometimes you just have to say, I'm free in Jesus and I'm putting all my trust in him. I'm going to do what I can, but he is the one. He is the one I'm going to think on. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I just have to shut off all the secular inputs that are coming in. And we have to know, of course, we have to know what's going on in the world around us, but we don't have to take in all the opinions of everybody else about what's going on in the world around us. Instead, we need to know what the Lord's opinion is about it, what the Lord has says about the situation. Amen. Otherwise, we we can be tossed, like it says, we can be tossed to and fro by the waves and not know what to do. And we have to, we have to know the word. We have to meditate on the word. We have to pray. I think um, prayer prayer groups really uh, came alive during COVID. How powerful is that? I think repentance for me was so powerful, humbling myself. Again, that time where we're still with God, probably I had not had that kind of time since my illness. And, you know, that's where I met the Holy Spirit. So COVID kind of did that again for me to be able to, um, to repent, uh, repent. And I mean it like, not like, oh, I used to think, oh, well, repentance, that's for people who are horrible, you know, no, it's for me. Um, meaning thinking my own thoughts, living my own way, doing it without God. And that is my nature. And, you know, even though I have Christ, I still am in this flesh body. My nature is to go my way a lot of days. And um, I think just to see this collective prayer and repentance and humbling in the body of Christ has been so powerful. And I think it took us back to our first love and to say, 
oh Lord, oh King Jesus, we just want it your way. Um, and, and it kind of showed us like maybe some of the things that are good things maybe not be the thing. And yeah, I know it was good for me. Uh, powerful. I, I, uh, I love busyness. I love people. I love travel. I love doing all fun things. I love gathering. I love hostessing, but sometimes we need stillness with the Lord. So over the years of walking with the Lord, he's changed your desires and your dreams as you've talked about. When you're looking forward now, what do you yearn for? Oh, so much more of him, so much less of me. Um, I have experienced the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit, and I long to continue to see that. I believe we will see that. I look for it, and I know that that uh, many people experience darkness in this world. There are so many hurting right now mm. in so many different ways, and um, the light of Christ is 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 what will alleviate that. I hope to be that for others. I, I can't even say thank you to the Lord enough for all the people that have poured into my life. It's amazing. The friendships, the pastors, the strangers that he has put in my life just to, to love me and to encourage me. So that's my hope. I, I hope for many wonderful days with my husband, Chris, uh, I, I hope for more travel. I love travel. I hope for more family time, um, friends, my new, new old friends, but new friends. Uh, my husband and I move around a lot. So, uh, new friends are, are so exciting. Um, just time, time with family and, and loved ones and, and just more experiences of the, 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 the grace of God and the beauty of this world. So as we close, Renee, would you share about a woman in the Bible who's inspired or encouraged or taught you something? I have to say Mary Magdalene. And I, the reason is because she traveled with Jesus um, and she supported mm. his ministry. And it just, that there, there's nothing more exciting to me. And of course she was a witness, but I just, I just would love to think that I would be sitting by the tomb. Um, after what I have experienced, I, I'm looking for him. So um, I would definitely say Mary Magdalene. I, I, um, I love Jesus. I love the ministry of Jesus. I love ministers. Uh, we, we support a lot of young ministers. And uh, it just is so exciting to me. So I think I have to say Mary Magdalene. Yeah, I love that. I always looking for Jesus. That's, that is, that is good. That is very, very good. You know, in Philippians 4, 3, 10 through 14 in the NIV, the apostle Paul writes, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power his, of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the, of the dead. Not, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You probably heard that same yearning for some, for more of Christ in Renee. She has re been released from a lot of her past struggles and pains, and she's pressing on to know Christ more and more, taking advantage of every opportunity she has to share Christ's love. May we all do the same. Renee, would you take a moment and pray for our listeners? Yes, thank you. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. Um, we thank you that you bless us and you teach us and you fill us. And thank you for my sister Jody and our conversation today. We pray it has glorified your name. And we pray for any listener that you would touch them now, exactly where they are, that you would be the balm for their life as you have been for mine. I pray that you would meet them with healing with uh, power, with presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and that they would humble themselves. Now, they would repent 
of their way, Lord, they would take you, all of you, take you up, Jesus, because you are life. You are our life, Lord, the new life, the salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you are that for every person listening today. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. You know, friends, there are orphans as well as widows all over the world who need an expression of a tangible love of Christ right now. Many have special needs that we as a company of women can meet together. Would you consider joining us with a special gift to help? Just go to hergodstory.org and click on the widow and orphan tab at the top of the page. Thank you for tuning in. In our show notes at hergodstory.org, you'll find scriptures and other information we talked about. You can also get a six-week devotional book on women of the Bible to download for free or purchase a 12-week devotional that we'll send you for just $12, knowing that all the proceeds go to our Widow and Orphan Fund. We'd also love to pray with you on our 24-7 prayer and text line. Give us a call anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I bless you from Ephesians 1, 17-22 and 1 Peter 3, 15. May God give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you will grow in your knowledge of the Lord. May your hearts be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who you are, his rich and glorious inheritance. May you understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. May you understand that you are a part of the church being made full and complete by Christ so that you will always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.